You're listening to the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega Podcast on the Odyssey Robots Radio Network. What is up, everyone? It's me. It's me. It is Gino V, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega, coming to you with episode 29 of the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, presented by Uniqlo. Uniqlo, changing lives, one pair of casual sweats at a time. To learn more, visit us at uniqlo.com. That's U-N-I-Q-L-O dot com. And, of course, this presentation is made possible by our parent platform, the IC Robots Radio Network. So let's get episode 29 underway. Folks, it has been a tumultuous time in the Vegaverse, to put it lightly. But what a difference a week makes. When I spoke to you last week, I was coming to you from my deathbed. Having just had a near-death experience, uh, almost passing out while driving the Vegamobile from Miss Sensational 2, my 12-year-old daughter's uh, middle school, um, to a nearby park where I intended to do some laps. And do some laps I did, despite uh, feeling the, uh, the dreary tendrils of the netherworld attempting to pull me into its depths. But I fought against those tendrils. I untangled myself from their icy clutches and I struggled my way back into the realm of the living where I'm here standing one week later and now suddenly a paragon of fitness. Folks, after uh, being convinced that I was on the brink of complete cardiac meltdown, I'm here to report to you that as of today, I am sitting here with a 56 BPM resting heart rate on the day. That is 56 BPM, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am coming to you with a 65 millisecond heart rate variability, a current heart rate as I'm speaking to you of 77 beats per minute, and an above average 38.1 BO2 max reading on the much vaunted VO2 max scale. And of course, having massive chest pains, I'm telling you all this. Haha, <laughs> psych. Uh, no, uh, it seems that my uh, uh, psychosomatic phobia somehow uh, corrected itself only to give way to a period of uh, psychosomatic uh, health mania where I now am. I'm operating at peak levels until the next meltdown uh, where I almost pass out in my car. And the cycle will continue, likely till death. Just figured I would give you all an update on how that was going. What else is going on in the Vegaverse? I feel like there's been a lot going on. Uh, Sensational Manor is moving. Sensational Manor, the nomadic, ephemeral, palatial estate in which I dwell that from time to time, transforms its shape and moves through space and time itself to various locales um, up and down the west coast of the United States. 
This time around, the manor will be staying in the city of Napa here in California, but we'll be moving to a different region within the city. Or, in layman's terms, for the past couple of years that we've been living in Napa, we've been renting a totally whack house here. I mean, it's not the worst house in the world, but, you know, it's it's a rental rental property, so it's very poorly, poorly maintained. Maintenance is deferred. Um, we can't exactly really do much to fix it up ourselves. I mean, I guess we could, but who wants to sink a bunch of time, money, sweat, and tears into a home that one does not own? Um, so while the neighborhood is great, um, it has not been the greatest experience um, living in for in the day-to-day, exacerbated by the fact that we had been homeowners for 10 years prior to moving into this house. So um, privileged as it may be, uh, you know, we were used to not having to deal with someone else as far as having stuff done to the house, having stuff repaired. If the plumbing went out, it was me that called the plumber. And yes, I footed the bill, but I also was able to be in control of how and when it happened and what quality of work we wanted to have done, etc., etc. All of those powers being stripped once uh, entering the rental sphere, as I'm sure any renters out there can relate to. And my empathy and condolences to you if you are a fellow member of the renter sphere. But to complicate things, we've been renting here while still owning our previous Sensational Manor residence in the city of Santa Rosa, California, about an hour away, where we'd lived for 10 years prior. This was a house that we moved into, and when we moved into it, Ms. Sensational, my wife and I, decreed that we would never move again. This was the house we would be in for the rest of our lives, but life changed, and it was time to move on. So originally the plan when we were going to move was to simply press the travel through space and time button on the Manor's control console, but unfortunately the button was malfunctioning. So the transformation and the space-time travel features were not operable. Um, Again, in other words, the real estate market was such at the time that we were unable to sell our home in Santa Rosa, California, which meant we had to maintain it as a rental property in Santa Rosa while using those rental proceeds to rent a home here in Napa. But as previously mentioned, this situation has become more and more tiresome as the years have passed, and we were ready to just kind of commit here, occupy our own space here. However, to do that, we might have been able to do it without selling the Santa Rosa house, but it was much, it will be much uh, easier of a feat to accomplish should we sell our Santa Rosa home. So we are actually now in the process of attempting to sell the Santa Rosa version of the manor um, because thankfully marking conditions are quite different now and we have been assured both by our real tour as well as market data that the house will in fact sell this time around. We can use those proceeds to move into the house that we have in fact already um, gone into contract for here in Napa. It is a house that does not yet exist. The new version of the manor is a townhome, um, basically a tall sort of glorified condominium. It's three stories tall with the first floor being the garage and kind of entryway to the home. You go up some stairs and you have a living room, kitchen, dining area, and a bathroom. Then you go up another flight of stairs and you have the three bedrooms. So it's a tall, skinny 
home that does not exist. It is, it's a, there's some framing up currently. So yeah, we went to go look at this place um, on spec. We looked at the project as it's being built. We toured a model unit and very quickly made a decision to purchase this place because it's really the only way we can ever hope to crack the uh, real estate market, the residential real estate market here in Napa, California. Real estate in all of California, particularly um, certain areas like the Los Angeles area, the Bay Area, uh, area cities like Napa that are um, a lot of uh, people with many, much more means than the sensational family um, like to buy additional residences here, um, vacation residences in Napa. Um, so the only way that we could hope to put a uh, get a foothold in this highly competitive, very expensive housing market was to um, buy something new. Um, so it will be ready theoretically around August. And at that point, we'll be making the jump to light speed through space and time into the new reimagined version of Sensational Manor. I, for one, am excited because for me, this marks a return to the manor taking on the kind of form that I personally am most comfortable with. I, uh, the happiest I ever was as far as the form that the manor took was when Sensational Manor existed in the form of a condominium unit in downtown Oakland, California. It was a very small, efficient space. Um, where everything was just kind of easy to access. There wasn't a lot of extra areas to worry about, to deal with, to clean. Um, I hit the street, hit Telegraph Avenue downstairs and could walk for like three minutes. Get on a BART train and be in San Francisco in 15 minutes. Um, could walk pretty much anywhere I needed to go in downtown Oakland. And while this new version of the manor is not quite the same, it is still walkable to downtown Napa. That That's something that's important to me. I enjoy being able to walk to to kind of the center of, of, of the place where I live. Um, it's again, it's not small. It's about the same size as the, uh, I mean, it's not big either, but it's the same size as the home that we were occupying in Santa Rosa uh, and similar to the size of the one that we are renting now, but it's just, it's in a much more efficient configuration. Um, there's no yard, which I know for some people would be a huge bummer, but for me, I'm, I'm not a yard guy. There's an outdoor kind of patio area that I can still kick back on. Should I need to soak in some rays, but, uh, I don't really enjoy yard work. And so that will be out of my life for a time again. Um, I realize when I think about houses and housing, I'm not a space guy. I'm not an expanse. As much as as much as the manor is, a, a, it's a palatial state of the mind. <laughs> but when it comes to physicality, I'm a small, efficient spaces guy. Why why do I need an extra room to clean? Why do I need three extra rooms to clean? I remember one time um, when I was young. This really crystallized for me because we went to go visit some relatives of uh, Ms. Sensationals. Um, prior to being married, but we were a couple. We went to go visit some relatives of hers who live in a uh, suburb of Houston, Texas. And they lived in, not the hugest house in the world, but far bigger than any ever, any house I have ever lived in or will ever live in. But we were there for several days, and as we were all hanging out at the house, I realized we never left this very small area of the bedrooms and kind of the hangout little nook room where they had their TV and then their kitchen. 
that was probably like maybe a third or a fourth of the house, but none of the other space was ever occupied. It just was there to exist, I suppose. So I kind of took a mental note of that, and it just made me realize that for me personally, uh, residential space isn't so much of a thing. But I want to be clear that I do understand that this is a to-each-their-own situation. Housing is a very personal thing. Dwelling is a personal thing. We all have our own ideas of what dwelling looks like or what dwelling should be or what our ideal dwelling is. But I feel that sometimes we attempt to uh, tyrannize others with our ideas of dwelling. Um, I've just, I've noticed in the past, either having people over to various iterations of the manor or being over, over to social events at other folks' manors and people kind of making small talk and, and making comments about the house, either my house or the house of the person we're visiting. And like, oh, you have X? Oh, I, I like Y. I wouldn't ever want to have X. How could anyone have X? As far as style of house, style of dwelling. And I'm sure we all feel that way. But I think it's important to, to keep in mind that, that one's, one's uh, own personal predilections are not necessarily uh, universal. So if I'm ever over at your house and I make some strange comment about why would you ever do X, Y, or Z, feel free to roundhouse kick me in the head and remind me that that is not polite. I should just keep it, keep it to myself, keep my preferences in my manner, yours to yours. But that said, I do try to give a little bit of leeway in social situations, whether it's going on in my home or someone else's home, when people say strange stuff. Because on one hand, sometimes people are prone to say strange stuff um, because they don't understand that maybe the, the way they see things isn't the way everyone sees things. But at the same time, it's hard sometimes in these social situations, man, you're just trying to make small talk and something comes out weird or wrong and you don't really mean it or they don't really mean it. So I do understand that too. Uh, so maybe you can roundhouse kick me in the head, but maybe don't do it to someone else because maybe they're just trying to, to be polite and have a conversation and it, it came out a little funky. So they don't need, they don't need your boot upside the temple, but, but, but I'll take that. I, I, I deserve it. I, I get it. Anytime is a good time to kick Mr. Sensational Gino Vega upside the head. Hmm. Folks, don't mind me. Just trying to inhale a few walnuts really quickly during that break. <clears throat> okay, I think we're clear. I think we're good. Hit a uh, handful of almonds and a thin slice of Dave's Killer Bread as an afternoon snack to maintain sustenance while recording episode 29 of the Mr. Sensational Genovica podcast presented by Uniqlo on the IC Robots Radio Network. Uh, do you know... Uh, how many of you out there are familiar with Dave's Killer Bread? Dave's Killer Bread is a uh, started off as a uh, Portland, Oregon-based brand where the gimmick was Dave was a guy with like a long-term criminal justice, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, criminal past. <laughs> um, been in and out, out of prison. I think he had drug issues, et cetera, et cetera, and turned his life around, took over the family bakery at one point when he got out of prison and created this brand, Dave's Killer Bread, that went on to huge success. And then part of their platform is hiring people with quote-unquote checkered pasts, giving second chances to convicts, et cetera, et cetera, all great laudable stuff. Um, Dave himself has become mutated recently, though. Um, for those of you familiar with the Gino Vegan concept of mutants, um, 
I was worried I might have to kick uh, Dave's Killer Bread to the gutter and go buy another um, because I, somehow I fell down this rabbit hole of uh, Dave's mutation. But he's gone full mutant, which is funny because the, the last I'd heard of him, he had actually um, had a, kind of backslid and got into some legal problems. I think he assaulted some police officers or something. But now he's a law and order mutant, um, so long as law and order simply means uh, just wanton mayhem and destruction, <laughs> I guess, and just posting all kinds of rantings online. He's a big parlor guy. Um, but fortunately, he long since sold Dave's Killer Bread, so I can still eat a thin slice of Dave's Killer Bread now and again, guilt-free. I'm sure some other horrendous entity owns it, but I don't know about it, so it's all good. I don't have to. I don't have to toss it out in the side yard with my my pillow. <laughs> Actually, I never had a my pillow. I don't know what kind of pillow I have. I have some. I, my pillow is probably like 30 years old, to be perfectly honest. I can't even remember the last time I bought a pillow. I've just always had one. It's just there. Speaking of things that are just there, we're talking about moving, talking about buying a new house, talking about selling an existing house. And by selling that existing house, when and if it sells in Santa Rosa, California, it means I will be terminating the last of my links to the city of Santa Rosa, California, the city where IC Robots resides, uh, the birthplace of the IC Robots radio network, a place that I spent a good deal of my childhood in and then moved away for a few years and then moved back for for 10 plus years and now have moved away for and I from and I don't believe I will ever be returning again. I think this is it. So it was already a pretty weird transition when we moved in the first place because we went from a lifestyle that we'd known for 10 years. Um, our kids were going to a school that was uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. So our oldest went the entire gamut from the first grade kindergarten to the last grade, uh, eighth grade. Um, our youngest had been there um, starting kindergarten as well, a, a school that I was used to every day taking the kids to, dropping them off, and then one day it was just over. Um, same thing with the places we would go grocery shopping or the restaurants we'd go to, this, that, and the third. I mean, we still visit Santa Rosa once in a while because we have friends and family there, but it's just not the same. When It's a place where you have your daily routines in for a decade and then it's over. It's almost like dying in a way. Um, but reborn, I am here in Napa, California, but it was a strange sort of half-life rebirth because we still had this one significant thing connecting us to Santa Rosa, the, the home that we owned there. Uh, but with the end of that home will be the end of our, mm, I mean, again, we still have the friends and family link, but our, our personal day-to-day -day link to Santa Rosa will be forever severed. So I just want to take this moment to uh, shout out to Santa Rosa in some ways. I'm very glad that we left. Um, not really a diss to the city itself, but just our situation there had gotten to a point where it was time to move on, uh, mainly for career reasons. Um, but there are obviously um, aspects of Santa Rosa that I still think of fondly. Um, I'd still be living there if uh, career things had shaken out, shaken out a bit differently. But here's the thing I want to know about Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa um, has a strange quality to it. And I'm curious if it's a quality that it has simply because it's a place that I spent so much time in. Or if it's a mystical quality unique to the Berg itself. I want to know if any of you all have had similar experiences with places that you've lived in 
or grown up in. So here's the thing with Santa Rosa. If you spend any significant amount of time in the city of Santa Rosa, a part of you gets permanently embedded there and a part of it is permanently embedded in you. And you can never really escape it. There's a strange magnetism where you're going to continue to always run into Santa Rosans or things related to Santa Rosa will continue to have at the very least tangential impacts on your own life in your new locale or even if you're traveling or visiting other places. A few cases in point. When Ms. Sensational and I got married back in the early 2000s, we took a honeymoon and our honeymoon involved um, going on a trip to a few different major East Coast cities. We spent some time in New York City. We spent some time in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We spent some time in Boston, Massachusetts. And then we spent some time in upstate New York because we took a trip to the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. But a few strange things. Um, One thing, when we set out to uh, embark on our honeymoon, there was a family waiting for the same flight that we were uh, from San Francisco to New York at the San Francisco airport. And I overheard that this family was, in fact, from Santa Rosa, California. And that's not necessarily given at the San Francisco airport. I mean, anyone who's flying to most locations, um, flying from Santa Rosa to somewhere, um, except for a few select locations where there's an airport in uh, Santa Rosa that uh, connects those locations, most people have to go to either San Francisco or Oakland to fly to other domestic or international locations. So it's not totally out of the ordinary that there'd be other Santa Rosans waiting for a flight uh, in San Francisco. But still, you know, here we were, Santa Rosans, there were some other Santa Rosans next to us. That wasn't the weird part. The weird part is, after we flew from Santa Rosa, or from San Francisco, rather, to New York City, I kept noticing this family at various locations that we went to uh, in New York City. And then the real kicker was, days later, after days spent in New York, when we went from New York City to Albany, New York, and then rented a car and drove to the Cooperstown Hall of Fame. The family was at the Cooperstown Hall of Fame too, the Santa Rosa family. I mean, I guess, you know, it's just coincidence, but still the odds that that I'm seeing this family from the minute we leave Santa Rosa all throughout New York City, and then they also pick the same day to go far afield upstate New York to the Cooperstown Hall of Fame. Again, you can't escape Santa Rosa. But that's just one example. Uh, The only time in my life I ever went to Hawaii uh, we ran into some Santa Rosans that were there. And again, people from Santa Rosa go to Hawaii, but you know, you can't go anywhere without, uh, running into Santa Rosans. The, um, couple of times I've been to Las Vegas. One time I was walking past a blackjack table and my former roommate's dad was sitting there at the table, a Santa Rosan. Another time we were at a buffet in Las Vegas and I look over and, uh, a guy I've known forever, uh, just happened to be there, a Santa Rosan. Santa Rosans everywhere. Um, that same uh, aforementioned honeymoon, the one fight uh, that Ms. Sensational and I got on our got in on our honeymoon, took place in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. We got into an argument out in front of a Pete's Coffee, and the argument got busted up because a kind of bedraggled, uh, vagabond-looking fellow wandered up to us and asked us for spare change in the midst of our fight. 
And one thing led to another, and he asked us where we were from. We said Santa Rosa, California. And he said, well, that's funny. I'm also from Santa Rosa, California. And at first, we thought we might just be getting a carny vagabond line. But he started to spout off all these various uh, minute, obscure details about Santa Rosa and Sonoma County that evinced that he was indeed, or at least had indeed at some point, been a dweller of Santa Rosa. Bringing it up to the modern day, not uh, this last Christmas, but the Christmas before, when we were just months into our tenure here in Napa, California, I was sitting in the passenger seat of our Honda Civic in the loading parking area of our local Home Depot here in Napa. And I saw a guy walk past the car. And I could have sworn the guy looked familiar. I could have sworn the guy looked like a fellow I knew from my teens and 20s in Santa Rosa that I hadn't seen in years. And I whipped out the cell phone, did a little bit of Google stalking, and it turns out this individual not only lives in Napa, California, but lives in an apartment very close to the Home Depot, so I'm 99% sure it was him. So once again, that Santa Rosa, California magnetism draws Santa Rosans, or at least this Santa Rosan, back into the orbit of Santa Rosans, no matter where he roams. Um, even more so, there's been a lingering issue in the Vegaverse for years now. What are those festering social issues, logistical issues, mind-numbing issues that I've always meant to put to rest but have never carved out the time to do so? And that is that Mr. Sensational Gino Vega um, took a very long, twisting, turning, very much longer than four-year odyssey towards graduating college with a bachelor's degree. But he did get right to the precipice of graduation, only to receive conflicting information when it was time to um, apply for graduation at the institution of higher education that he was attending at the time. And at the time, Ms. Sensational One was a baby. We were actually about to move from Oakland, where we were living at the time, back to Santa Rosa, um, the, the stint where we ended up for over 10 years, um, which <laughs> goes to show how long this problem has been an issue. Um, at least a minor nagging one. Anyway, uh, I thought I was ready to graduate. I had this baby. I had no child care. We were moving. It's like, give me my diploma. And let me get the F out of here. And they're like, no, 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 no. You still need one more class and a few more units. I was like, I can't deal with this now. I will deal with it at a later date. We moved and I never got around to going back down to the Bay Area to interface with the college to figure out if I really was eligible for graduation. A couple times I tried over the phone and email, hit a brick wall. Um, but it occurred to me recently with the pandemic, everything is being done through email over the phone. So if there was ever a time to clear this up and to receive that uh, much sought after diploma, Actually, not very sought after at all. I don't, I don't really need it for anything practically, but I do feel a little bit irritated that I left so many hours and weeks and months of, of 4.0 high-quality uh, upper-division graduate work on the table with no return. Um, I figure if there's ever time to deal with it, the time was now. But weirdly, I found out through a friend 
a friend who sadly lost his job in the early days of the pandemic. He was looking for a career change, something new to do. He was thinking about enrolling at the college that I um, needed to get my graduation stuff sorted out with. He had just emailed them for some information about applying and he got an email back saying, hi, Tony, this is Brian. Tony being my friend who was inquiring about applying. Brian being a guy that we went to high school with who just happens to work for the university in question, a Santa Rosen. So I was able to email Brian directly, appeal to him as a Santa Rosen for help, and he's basically put me on the path to getting my graduation sorted out this uh, 14 years later or how long it's been. A 14-year-old lingering, nagging errand I took care of, or it's almost taken care of, but I I got the process in motion in a matter of minutes through a strange, unexpected Santa Rosa connection. Santa Rosa, LOL, am I right? But is is this simply a function of growing up in a mid-sized city, or is it something unique to Santa Rosa? Do people in San Rafael, for instance, uh, encounter other San Rafaelians when they go out into the world? Uh, Have you, for those of you who spent a significant time living as an adult in the city that you also went to high school in. Does this happen to you? Am I alone? Does it happen to other Santa Rosans? Putting the call out there. Hit me up on the Twitter machine, the much unused on my part Twitter machine, at Sensational Vega. Let me know. Let me know how, how, uh, what your experience has been in this sort of affair. I'm curious. I'm curious if this is a personal thing, a geographical thing, or if this just happens to everyone in this similar sort of situation. Folks, another week and another episode of the MSGV podcast that uh, is coming to you only by the grace of, well, I'm not going to say God, (laughs) by the grace of some minor uh, irritating deity that wants to uh, laden you with audio content you never wanted and didn't need. Um, this, This episode, I started off in a great place. Things were going well. I was sitting here on a sunny day and uh, Miss One's sun-filled bedroom recording this episode, and I got hit with a uh, text message. Um, Mr. Sensational, some time ago, retired from full-time paid work. Um, I went through quite a few years of having kids being a Mr. Mom, a stay-at-home dad, as it were. We can talk about that in much more depth on another Episode, But yes, we had a situation where Ms. Sensational was the primary career in the house. I was the homemaker, but then at a certain point, I was given the opportunity to begin a full-time work that was bringing in a ton more money into our home, and I, in a moment of weakness, took that Faustian bargain, and our quality of life did nothing but plummet. Uh, I remember at the time listening to Icy Robots, actually, listening to whatever show was current. It was probably the Icy Robots show. Maybe it was still the Toys R Us report. In any case, he himself was talking about balancing family life, balancing career life, and how ultimately time is more important than money. And those words rung very true to me at the time when we were just living this miserable life with more money than we needed. But, uh... No time, none at all. So we weren't using this money in any kind of efficient or meaningful capacity, and uh, we're just living a miserable quality of life. So I retired once again from the workforce, went back to my true form as Mr. Mom. Um, But I've still continued doing some freelance work, which even that is probably 
a bridge too far and too unnecessary, but I just feel bad kind of flaking out on the people that I, I do it for. But in any case, one of the freelance clients I have in particular is sort of more trouble than they are worth as they are a mutant. And so it makes communication extremely hard because as a mutant, they don't understand the way just basic things in the world work. So it makes uh, work project conversations, everything. I have to explain just the nuts and bolts, you know, Oh, well, see, the reason we have to do this is first you have to press the power button on a computer for it to turn on. We're talking that level. Um, but they're also kind of, um, uh, they won't just uh, accept my expertise. They want to question every single thing that I tell them, um, which actually costs them more money because I charge an hourly rate. But uh, in any case, it's mutation. What are you going to do? Um, so this mutant was experiencing a problem and thought maybe I had caused the problem. And it turns out that it was a combination of my error, their mutation, and and just organizational issues on their end, and then technical problems with the platform we were using. But it caused a great deal of stress in the middle of recording this episode that I started out just feeling. Remember, I had the I had the with the, the the resting heart rate of like fifty seven or something. It's probably like we're probably like eighty seven now, man. But uh, it just goes to show, just goes to reiterate that. Um, just simplifying life, simplifying our family life was the best choice for our family. So again, a little shout out to ISR for reminding me that a few years back, a lesson that sticks with me to this day. I know it's different for everyone. Not everyone ha- is, is fortunate enough to have that choice. But for those of us that are, I would fully recommend, if possible, just doing what works for you, doing what works for your family. There's a lot of, of societal pressure that everyone's supposed to be working 24-7, making that dollar bill, hustling, bringing in that cheddar. And really, I mean, I don't know, man, for our particular family, it's bringing what you need to be able to live a happy life. And also pick, distribute roles in your family to the people that they work for, work well with the best. Like Miss Sensational loves being a career gal. She loves working. Let her do that. I can't stand this stuff, man. I I, I want to be sweeping floors, picking people up from school. Um, I could skip the yard work, but doing dishes, uh, that's me. That's I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in the manner. I'm comfortable just a, a, as a person of their abode. Not everyone's wired the same way, whatever, whatever your particular, particular wiring that you have. And with, as far as it is within your means to accomplish Godspeed, go for it. That's my recommendation. But what do I know? Folks, I'll talk to you next week on the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast brought to you by Uniqlo on the IC Robots radio network for episode 29. And if I misnumbered this episode earlier, because suddenly I think I might have said 50-something. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. It's episode 29. This is Mr. Sensational Gino Vega signing off. Watch out.